Hello everyone and welcome to this week's edition of the Fins Up Podcast. I'm your host, Sutho Dan, and for the second straight hour and the second straight show, I am joined by the stat man, Terry Imorts, whatever his surname is. Terry, mate, good to see you again. It's been forever. It's been about three minutes, Dan, and it was the worst three minutes of my life. That's I've heard that many, many times, but uh, we won't go there. Mate, uh, you know, just to fill everyone in, anyone who um, is listening... We would just appeared on a um, a Cowboys podcast, a, a video podcast with our good mate Sam. We helped him preview the show, classed up the, you know, he'd be listening to this. So if you want to put the boot in, Terry, but um, mate, I enjoyed absolutely, myself. Absolutely no, I can't put the boot into Sam. What an absolute legend that guy is. Um, that show, like he's just shown us a whole heap of things that we're missing that we need to do. Um, thanks for having us on, Sam. Like. As I said, I'll come. I'll go back on any time just to talk the Cowboys. I'll dive into some stats holes, but that was that was really good. Really, really good, mate. But we'll get to we'll, the Cowboys. We'll throw a link up. We'll throw a link up. Oh, absolutely. Check check both Twitters. But um, that's enough Cowboys talk for a little while, mate. I know you want to get into it. So all week, Terry has been messaging me. I have stats, and I'm like, yeah, you always say that, Terry. You bring in two stats. He said, no, Dan. I have motherfucking stats. I'm excited, Terry. Now. For the first week in however many, I'm happy this week. An 80-minute performance from the Sharks. We'll talk quickly, and then the floor is yours. Cronulla Sutherland Sharks, 28, defeated the at 100% and non-origin effective Melbourne Storm 6. Uh, I think they were missing a, a Kimista and a Harriet Grantate. Never heard of him. But, uh, mate, before we hit the stats, what was your overall feel on uh, what, to me, was a very enjoyable victory? I think that's the best game that we've played, and it shows the potential that we can play under Craig Fitzgibbon. Now, um, a lot of people are saying that, you know, does it count? You know, they, they were missing players. So were we. Like, we knew Cam Munster wasn't going to play this game because he was in origin. We didn't know Nico Hines was going to get ruled out with COVID. Um, so Nico Hines goes and Toby Rudolph goes. Now, Toby's not outstanding, but what he is for us is solid. And if you take a solid player out of a solid team, you're in a hole. Now, obviously, this guy starts. He's a starting prop in a top 14. So just to show you the, the caliber that Toby Rudolph is. So missing those two guys there, as well as arguably our best player this season in CSC for Talakai. And, yeah, you're looking at a very, very even contest. Um, the money was with the Storm before the game. And... We just didn't allow them to play footy. No, we didn't. And going back to what you just said, if you can pick two players that you want there every week for the Sharks, it's Hines and Talakai. So don't give me this bullshit that they were missing players. It was it was all square. In terms of the overall performance, I 100% agree. This is the best game we played all season. Like Before this, I go back to the uh, Dragons game, and we absolutely whitewashed them in disgusting weather. I think this was better because it was against better opposition, even without the Origin players. Uh, and I, I felt like up until that piss week late try was scored that we weren't going to be conceding a try that night. And I thought we could have put 40 on them, really, because Ramey dropped the ball over the line and we blew a two-on-one a couple of times. So looking at this, mate, 28-6 against the Storm. I don't care if this is a Thunderbolts. You beat the Storm at any time. This convincingly... There's no negativity, yet we still find it now, fans. There's still things to complain about. You won't be getting any from me. No, look, I mean, the 
Penrith Panthers took on the Storm without Jerome Hughes and without Pappenhausen, and they didn't give a fuck. They put 40 on. They won 42 points to six. And then they have to go into Townsville. And again, they didn't have Jerome Hughes. And again, they didn't have Pappenhausen. And again, they were missing players. And the Cowboys didn't give a fuck. The Cowboys belted them. So why is it that when they come to Cronulla, people turn around and go, oh, well, now there are injuries or now there's players missing. Like, this is rugby league. This is a contact sport. This is any sport. Yes. Players are going to be missing. And this performance, like, you could almost turn around and go, well, if you inserted Cam Munster, but then you put Nico Hines into the game, we're from, we're, the way that our forwards took it to their forwards and the way our backs destroyed their backs, they weren't winning that game. Yeah, exactly right. Now, let's get straight to the man. The man of the moment, the guy that we exclusively last week, Terry on Fins Up, said would have a blinder this weekend, Jesse Ramian. Yeah, for anyone who didn't listen last week... I Shame on you! This, this is the Jesse Ramian of 2018. You're just not looking properly. You're looking at... The silly things. You're looking at the errors. You're looking at the penalties. You're not looking at what he's doing with or without the ball. You're not looking at him absolutely making correct defensive reads, smashing people, making one-on-one tackles. You're not looking at the guy taking a suicide run. You're not looking at the centre averaging the second most runs in the centre position in the competition, averaging the second most metres in the centre position in the competition. Like These are the things you're not looking at. This performance from Jesse Ramian was one of the best centre performances I've seen in a long time. Now, you know, people turn around and go, oh, what about Joey Manu? Look, the most memorable games from Joey Manu for me recently have been him playing fullback. Yep, agree. So, you know, Stephen Crichton's had some games. Stephen Crichton's never had a game like that. No, and the thing is, it's not like he beat up Brendan Elliott or, you know, one of these fringe first graders. He beat arguably... The best centre in the game in Justin Olam. Now, well, Justin Olam for the last two years has been in the team of the year. Yeah, and, and undoubtedly he's in the top three centres. You know, Manu is probably you know number one for mine, but I know we disagree on that a lot. But Olam's right there, number two or three. So to bath the best centre in the game is just a badge of honour. He can wear that like a little "I'm six today" birthday thing. I bath Justin Olam today. As he should. Yeah. Uh, the, the game from Jess was like, you know, he had a couple... He, obviously, that kick, the, the kick that went up that he dropped and no one was around him, right? People were laughing about it. We get the penalty. That's the thing with Jesse Ramey, is that you, you don't know what you're going to get. Now, he made a couple of errors in this game, but he took two suicide lines and he dropped the ball. He got hit once. He dropped it on his own accord the second time. But these are these are runs that he makes that, that no other centre does. Very true. If you you have a look at you know he's not just taking these runs at Jerome Hughes. He's taking these runs at Nelson Asafa Solomona. He's taking these runs at Kenny Bromwich, international forward Kenny Bromwich. He's taking the runs back in the middle of the field on the second tackle when we're pinned down. Who's taking that hit up in the middle of the ground on that side of the field? It's Jesse Ramey. It's Ramey. It's a good point. We, you just mentioned Nelson Asaf Solomona, who absolutely pantsed us early in the season. Mm-hmm. He was the best forward on the park by an absolute mile. Barely sighted this weekend, uh, this Thursday night. Cronulla absolutely contained him. You know, I, none of their forwards got over ours, really. There were some good runs there, some impactful runs, but 
That's a bloke that we could pencil in, being that big forward, for 120 metres, 140 metres, a try assist or even a try. He did nothing and lots of it, and that is purely down to effort from our boys. Yeah, look, we had 300 more metres than them, um, and I know a lot of that was our back line, but our forwards really stood up and did the job as well. And you're talking about Nelson right there. Dale Finucane got knocked out in that game in back in Melbourne inside six minutes, and from that point there, they just they they went through our middle like it was cabbage. Mm-hmm. Um, he made a point of going after Nelson, and two other players when they came on the field made it their job as well in terms of Cam McInnes and Aiden Tolman. But I want to point out the job that Royce Hunt did mm-hmm. on Nelson and Sofa Solomona. And he planted his feet and just embraced that contact and then put his arms around the ball. Nelson didn't get an offload. If you can stop Nelson running over 100 metres and having zero offloads, you're going to go very close to stopping that storm forward pack. And we did that, and it was the job of, you know, you expect it from Cam McInnes, you expect it from Dale Finucane, you expect it from Aiden Tolman, veterans of the game. But Royce Hunt stood up against Nelson. Our forwards this weekend, uh, this past week, you know, we, we sort of tongue-in-cheek said that we'd never thought we'd see Fafita and Hunt run out as a starting. They were probably the two best props on the field, at least until Hamlin Newelli came on. You know, and Tolman's probably probably equal third, maybe fourth. Fafita had his best game in years, undoubtedly, and Royce Hunt was so good. Again, he didn't do that 250 metres, you know, 30 tackle break sort of performances that stand out. But Royce Hunt's job is to go out and take the sting out of the game Hurt some defenders, and geez, I'll tell you what—they had some bruises on them the next morning trying to tackle the big boy. Yeah, and that's that's you know, Royce Hunt is most effective for this team when we have the ball. Like cliche as hell, but if we went out there and made error upon error upon error in our first couple of sets, well, Royce Hunt defending is, you know, he's just another front rower. But we didn't drop the ball, so Royce got to take one and two hit ups at the Storm players. And it's not like it's not like Aiden Tolman running at you, and it's not like you know puffed out Toby Rudolph running the ball at you. This is Royce, 120 kilos of pure muscle hunt running at you with purpose and with impact. And Andrew Fafita, the first time since 2019, he made 100 meters in a game. It was like it was a vintage performance. Now we won't get that every week from Andrew Fafita. But if he can give us half of that every week for the rest of the year because Jack Williams ain't coming back, you know, it's what a performance. It's very good. I'm going to go back to it. Uh, Jesse Ramian, like, I don't know. I, I don't know what more he can do to convince our, our fans. Like, people turn around and say he makes too many errors. He's made less than an error a game. And I, I've brought this stat up on, on our podcast, but Jesse Ramian is averaging an error every 21.7 touches of the football. Now, I picked two players out of random. One, the best centre in the game, Joseph Martin. Joey Martin averages an error every 14.6 touches, but this is not taking into account that Joey Martin plays fullback, so you're going to make more errors when you're playing fullback or 5'8", because he made a few errors playing 5'8". But Joey Martin makes an error every 14.6 touches. The other one I picked out was Isaac Targo, because I think he's having a phenomenal season out at Penrith. Isaac Targo averages an error every 12.8 touches at the football. Jesse Ramian is 21.7, nearly 22 touches before he makes an error. Like, get off his back. The thing is, you remember Jesse Ramian making a dumb error 
or a penalty, and you're not remembering the runs, the hat trick, the try assist. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about incredible defence on Justin Olam. We're not talking about him completely shutting the Melbourne Storm left edge down. Like, you're talking about, oh, he dropped a kick that we got a penalty for. You're talking about, oh, he dropped a pass that was a suicide run. Like, I don't know, I don't know what more Jesse Ramey can do. It's funny you mention that because until you said those errors, they I, I couldn't pe- pick either up. Now, now that you mention it, I remember both quite vividly, but he was making those errors, which was distracting because, you know, and we said last week, if he cuts those out, he's going to have a great game and everyone's going to be cheering him again. It's exactly, this is the game we've been waiting on. And I'm on record on Outlaws and on the previous show we were just on, uh, and on Twitter is saying, a fully fit and firing Jesse Ramian is a point of difference for us and is a serious difference between us just finishing top four and us doing some damage in the top four because there's no one like him you know Justin Ollum is is probably similar in that regard but I mean Ollum's quick but he doesn't have Ramian's footwork you know Ollum if he doesn't run over you he doesn't really run around you whereas Ramian can sort of do everything now we as you said previously multiple times the New South Wales centers are ridiculous like we're on our third and fourth well, fifth and sixth centre now with Whiten on the bench, and they're still world class Premiership winning centres. So Ramian getting into Origin is a, is a you know a, a long shot at best. But if he was called up tonight, they, I'm not worried, not at all, especially against you know and being Queensland side, fuck them just quietly. But that Ramian is just that's the performance I've been waiting all year for. If Jesse Ramian was a Queenslander, he's in that Origin team, and you're not even batting an eyelid. Uh, yeah, I absolutely agree with that, hundred percent. But yeah. Terry, or or if he was Samoan or Tongan, he's got ten international caps right now. Yeah, yeah, he's the first player picked. Now, Terry, I can see you itching, 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 itching. There is a player I want to bring up, Dale Fanukin. Before Dale Fanukin, we have to bring up Matt Moylan. Oh. I was going to save him for later, but yes, please. Well, we know we, we do have to bring up Matt Moylan because again, I've I've dug myself into a hole where I've gone onto Facebook and I've read forums, and there are people still not happy with Matt Moylan's form and his re-signing. Now, you're not happy with his form, but you voted him man of the match three out of the last four games. He was the runner-up man of the match in the fourth game, just quietly. You're not happy with his form, but you. You're praising him during the game. Like, what can he do again? You know, people turn around and say it's his kicking game. Matt Moylan at Penrith wasn't known for his kicking game. If you go and have a look at the famous Matt Moylan game in Bathurst, where they came from 10 points down with 2 minutes and 38 seconds left on the clock, and Matt Moylan won in that game with two try assists, it wasn't from his boot. It was from his left foot step. It was from his running game. That's what Matt Moylan does. He's not in there to kick the ball. Nico Hines is kicking the ball. Braden Trindle had a fantastic kicking game. Yeah, Moylan comes in with a bomb every now and then, and it's not threatening, and it's not good, or he puts in a grubber kick, or he'll put in a touch finder or whatever. But that's not his job. His job is to do what he did for Blake Braley's try. Pappenhausen sprinted out at him. Moylan jigged off his left foot, didn't get touched, put Braley in under the post. That was a sexy try, sisters, quietly. That was now. I was I was really dirty that he didn't have the pace to get there himself, because uh, he deserved that try. But look, Jesse Ramian was given the Channel Nine Man of the Match 
Matt Moreland was voted as the fans man of the match. I'd probably edge it at this point to Jesse Ramian. I voted Matt Moylan. Um, I'd probably edge it to Jesse Ramian just because of what he did with and without the ball. But, man, like, you tell me, Dan, like, I'm stoked that Moylan has stayed on for two more years at a user-friendly contract because it gives us time to build and grow Kate Dykes, who was phenomenal on the weekend, by the way. It gives us time to build and grow Braden Trindle. What more can Matt Moylan do? Not a lot. It's thank you. A lot of how much more? Um, look, a lot of people watch football and they don't analyze it. They they look and say, "Hey, Pappenhausen made a break," and they think, "Oh, he's he's got to be man of the match because he, he's in the highlights." Moylan does so much that goes unnoticed, but that his simple step of Pappenhausen who overcommitted, you know, everyone thought the ball was going out to the left. Moylan just jinks in and says, no, nope, not happening. Bailey goes in, laughs, does a silly glasses and dance. Never dance again, Blake, please. You make us look bad. That is just, his mind is so good. He's got the best footballing mind. Going back to the, the year 2018 where we, you know, went a lot further than we perhaps should have, where he just, he tri-assist after tri-assist after tri-assist. Most people go, oh, look, he was all right, but he, he was always injured. He set triassist records that have never been bettered. Never been bettered. He's had a couple of years injury where he got played out of position by coaches who didn't know what they were doing, got his body right, and people are still looking back at last year going, yeah, but he was always injured. Hasn't missed a game this year. Has been our best player. I think outside of Nico Hines, he's been our best player. You know, you can probably put, you know, put Ramian right up there, you know, a few brain saps aside. But he's definitely in our top three or four players. We had to re-sign him. We've got him on a great deal. We've got two young potential superstars coming through. Just to echo your comments about Cade Dykes, anyone that hasn't seen those Newtown highlights, get on New South Wales Rugby League and watch him because he's a freak. Frank Campello's a freak. Kyle Iroh's a freak. we got some freaks coming through. But Dykes is still a year or two off. Trindle is probably, you know, he showed that he can do it when he's played properly, 80 minutes with a bit of football I, under his I belt. I think he'll end up at the Dolphins, just look, quietly. Look, possibly. Dykes is where I'm willing to put my, you know, I, I'm put, planting my flag in K Dykes, as bad as that sounds. But Matthew Moylan is by far and away our best number six right now. It's not even close. Anyone who's come out and said we shouldn't have re-signed him, we shouldn't have done whatever was possible, I need you to go to the, the trash can, I need you to get in, and I need you to put yourself out and get collected tonight because you are rubbish. Yeah, I, there's, there's not much, like, you know. Rubbish, Terry. They said his kicking game was bad. That kick that he put in for Ronaldo Molotalo. Now, a couple of years ago, Moylan put in a grubber kick. It was against the Bulldogs, put in a grubber kick, and it went dead. And had, we, had the kick come off, we score and we win the game. There's a difference between Matt Moylan out of form, playing fullback or coming off the bench, and Matt Moylan in form. That kick was inch perfect. That pickup from Ronaldo was even better. The try was sexy. His defence is another thing that comes into question now. He missed two tackles on the weekend, got completely run over by Nelson Asafa Solomona. You know what? He was the first one there. He ran out. He put his body on the line. And do you know what happened? Do you know what happened after that? Wade Graham chopped Nelson's legs. Stopped his momentum. Yeah, now Matt Moylan is up at the top of the missed tackle count, okay? 
Do you know who missed the most tackles in 2016? Matt Moylan. James Malone. No. Oh, in the entire 16, NRL yes. competition in 2016, it was James Malone. What a bum. James Maloney, the terrible, never won a title, never done things that no one else has Maloney, best halfback in or well, 5'8", team of the half century. Mate, people just look at stats and think that's everything. It's not. Please continue. Um, you know, Moylan's doing the same thing that Maloney does. He puts his body on the line, makes the first contact, probably gets thrown out of the way and lets the other guys come in and chop the players down. He's doing his job perfectly. Let's get on to Dale Fanukin. Dale Okay, I'm just going to take a back seat. I'm just nice and relaxed. Terry's been promising, so I'll be judging. The floor is yours, my friend. Is this guy the buy of the season? I don't know, because there's some flashy players. There's Adam Reynolds, there's Nico Hines, there's our mate Chad Townsend, who's playing exceptional footy at the moment. Um, there's Xavier Coates, who's scoring loads of tries. Is he the buy of the season? Probably not. Is he the most important player at Cronulla? Yes. Gone down a wormhole on this one. Tell us why, Terry. Without Dale Finucane, and I include the game against Melbourne that we lost because he played under 10 minutes in that game, we're 3-3 three and three in, that, in that time there. And in the games that he doesn't play, we average 21.1 points per game, which is... Still pretty good, but we can see 24.6 points per game. Our defence without Dale, we've conceded 172 points. Our points with Dale, we've conceded 148. Uh, we've scored 148. With Dale Finucane, 214 points we've scored, and we've only conceded 88. We win games, on average, 24 to 10. That's what it's like having Dale Finucane in this team. Now, he has been back for 210 minutes since the Gold Coast Titans game. The Titans scored two quick tries, and Craig Fitzgibbon was like, I've seen enough, get him out there. The Titans didn't score another try. The Titans didn't make a line break up the middle. The Titans didn't do anything else. They didn't look like threatening our line. They had sets of six on our line. It didn't look like being crossed. Against the Bulldogs, we conceded one try, and that was with Dalfinucan off the field. Against the Storm, we conceded one try, and that was with Dalfinucan off the field. So the 210 minutes that he's been back, the trial line has not been scored while he's been on the field. We've, we have conceded 12 points in in over three and a half games of football and Dale Finucane has not been on the field when that has happened. Now, his running metres are down. I get that. He's playing lock. He, you know, he's our third person to take the ball up after Toby Rudolph, Hamlin Newelli or Royce Hunt or whoever it is that's starting. I don't want Dale Finucane to go out and make 144 metres. I want Dale Finucane to go out and make 100 metres. But I want him to lock up the middle. The important part about Dale Finucane is the players around him, though. Cam McInnes is the most effective tackler in the competition when Dale Finucane plays, and he drops off. Toby Rudolph tackles at about 94% with Dale Finucane and tackles at 87% without Dale Finucane. Blake Braley... His efficiency drops by about 6%. Royce Hunt is the same. I'm not going to use the edge players in this, but even Aiden Tolman, Mr. Reliable Aiden Tolman, his percentages drop without Dale Finucane. With Dale Finucane, our middles defend and tackle efficiently over 90% every game he plays. 
You can't tell me this is a coincidence, Dan. Absolutely not a coincidence. You got a bloke that marshals the defence. He holds the ten. We've seen him run out at you know in the pregame and then at halftime. He's the bloke that's yelling left. He's yelling right, getting everyone up in the system. I have no doubt in the world that he's the bloke leading the way at training each and every time. Those are the sorts of players that you want to go and play next to. We saw Toby Rudolph on the Outlaws come out and say, this is a player I've watched my entire career. I've dreamt about playing next to, and it's surreal lining up with him. And that's a young bloke who, you know, has football, plenty of football and just played with some superstars of the game at the Sharks. So for him to say that just shows how highly regarded he's held in. And, mate, those stats are fantastic, by the way, but they're not surprising. But Craig Bellamy turned around and said that they, the Melbourne Storm built their whole defensive campaign for the better part of a decade around Dale Finucane. Cam Smith this week said that Dale Finucane is uh, Bellamy's favourite player ever. Yeah, yeah. He did say, he said that on Thursday Night Football. Um, the other thing that you have to talk about this guy is he's a winner. Right, he's an, he's an absolute winner now, and people people always laugh and go, yeah, but he's lost grand finals, but he's been there. Yeah, yeah he lost two, he lost two grand finals with the dogs, but he's been there. He lost some grand finals with the storm, but he's been there. You know what, Dale Finucane has never missed the finals. Incredible. This year when we got Dale Finucane, loads of people turned around and said his contract's too long by a season. Whatever. He's old, he's concussion prone, he's not going to make your pack better. He has turned our pack into a top four performing pack. He has literally, he's the difference between us last year finishing ninth and us this year being fourth. Yeah. And he's the, and as I said, we're 7-1 with Dale Finucane in the team. Now, the last game we lost was round one. It's incredible. And we always do round one, so you can't even really count that. He has transformed everything. You know, it's not only the work that he does, but it's the fact that guys defending inside and outside, and I know he, he's in the middle, so both sides, are just, you know, you look to your left or right and you see Dale Finucane, you just get that feeling that everything's going to be all right. And I go back to the Parramatta game, where they had set after set after set after set, and we didn't look like conceding, and they fluked, you know, some random try. Then a couple of weeks later, we got teams that aren't anywhere near as good as Parramatta scoring piss-weak tries. The difference was Dale Finucane was out. That's These are not coincidences at all. I think the naysayers need to shut their mouths. If you want to have a look at what Dale Finucane is all about, go back and go back and watch the game. Ryan Pappenhausen puts in the chip. Blake Braley sprints back and gets on that ball. Gets up and plays it. Braden Trindle's in a dummy half, passes the ball. Dale Finucane runs up to Blake Braley, grabs him by the shoulders, shakes him and screams in his face. That's a winning moment. That's fantastic. Last year, we don't do that. No, no, we stand and watch Pappenhausen scores untouched. Mm-hmm. It, it, mate, it's incredible. I always feel so much better. You know, this is a bloke who was signed to play in the middle, either at prop or lock. I don't care what number on his back. It can be 8, 10, 13, or 175. He in the middle makes us better. He makes Cam McInnes better, and those two we said were the signings we needed to shore up the middle. The stats don't lie. They have shored up the middle, which was a humongous negative last year. I'll go yeah. on about it all day and night. Yeah, now one of the other things as well as it's, it's <clears throat> you need to point out is that with Dale Finucane, our errors are down. 
And that's probably because if you drop the ball, you've got to go and confront Dale Finnegan. Yeah, sorry, Dale. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Now, we only made six errors against the Melbourne Storm. Incredible. Completed at 84%. And now, when we're above 78%, we win more games than we lose. We only missed 27 tackles. Incredible. Against the Melbourne Storm, we missed 27 tackles. We kicked more. We ran more. We had more dropouts. Seven line breaks to... There's nothing else you can say. This was the complete performance, and this was the performance that we needed from everybody. Exactly. This was the performance of the round. I just want to give a shout-out to Braden Trindle, who has been a lightning rod for criticism, uh, from us included, more so for the role he's playing rather than his performances. He went back to Newtown last week, which was a demotion in anyone's eyes, and was one of the top couple of players on the field and the difference between us and the Bulldogs. He came back this week on very short notice. He said after that he had uh, he thought he was going to play 48 hours before and he only knew 24 hours before. So this is a bloke who's had very little game time, went back, did the professional thing and led the side to a victory, came out and outplayed Jerome Hughes. He did. <clears throat> he was voted second man of the match by the fans. So it was, it was a professional performance from Trindle and, again... He's come in, done his job. Now he's going to play for Newtown this weekend. It's more beneficial for Braden Trindle to be playing 80 minutes of football for the Newtown Jets than it is playing 9 minutes or 10 minutes or 15 minutes off the bench for us with no position. You send him out there at lock. You send him out there at dummy half. You send him out there anywhere apart from the halves and you're doing the, the bloke a disservice. Now, we probably thought Matt Moylan was going to miss more games than he did, than he has, because he hasn't missed a game. Um... And that's, you know, that, that's where you, you're probably looking at where Trindle would have or could have got some games this year. But, you know. Mate, but just before yeah. we move on to the Cowboys, is every opportunity that we're going to have a chance to rest players? You know, and Nico Hines or even a Matt Moylan going into the finals. Or, God forbid, one of them gets injured. You need a backup half who's got big minutes under his belt. Now, he's got a big win against the Storm. If he plays for Newtown for the next three or four weeks... That's fine, because they're flying at the moment. That's a first-grade pack, and the back line's a future first-grade. So everything's fallen into line for Trindle. I'm, I'm absolutely stoked. I just want to give a shout-out as well to Connor Tracy, who came in and had an absolute wow of a game. Was half of the greatest try celebration we'll see this year, without doubt, um, other than yours and myself, of course, on Outlaws. But, um, mate, you want to you wanna talk some, um, some Cowboys? I do. I'm going to pose a question to you. If I was to tell you that since 2017 we've played the Cowboys 10 times, what do you think the record is? Since 2017? Yeah. 6-4 and four to us, maybe 5-5? 9-1 five five. to us. See that? Okay, that's all right. You got me there. The only loss that we've had to the Cowboys in the last 10 was round one, 2018. Ah, of course, round and one. And we always lose round one. Last year we beat them... Uh, 48-10, 26-24. 2020, we beat him 26-16. Jesse Ramin had a masterclass that game. 28-12. 2019, we beat him 42-16. We beat him 16-14 with a late try. Um, we lost 14 points to 20 in 2018, beat him 28-16. And in 2017, in the regular season games, we beat them twice, and they got us in the semi-final as well. So we're 9-1. There you go. Now, look, obviously with the Cowboys comes the, you know, Chad Townsend. Mm-hmm. 
Let's just let's just get the elephant in the room. Let's get him. Let's talk his vanilla yogurt loving ass. Are you worried that he's going to put on a um, whatever the equivalent of a Chad Townsend masterclass is? Look, uh, as we said on the show, Chad Townsend's gone to a team that suits his game plan, and the Cowboys' game plan with him at the moment is let him do very little with the ball, but organise the team. Like, Scott Drinkwater and Tom Dearden are running that team. Reese Robson is running that team. But Chad's playing chess. He's putting everyone in the pieces, like all, all the pieces in the right positions, and he's letting the better players around him do his job. Now, at Cronulla, he probably didn't have that luxury because he was our he was our game player. He was, he was our, our playmaker. Sean Johnson was always injured. Matt Moylan was always injured. Will Kennedy was not in form in 2020. Was our best player in 2021. We dropped Townsend because we found it. You know, he didn't have that combination with Will Kennedy. And I swear, I swear blind to this day that the reason that Chad is not here and the reason that he was dropped is because he just couldn't get that combination with Will Kennedy. Um, what you're seeing with Chad though is a Cowboys forward pack that's doing well, a backline that's scoring tries with lots of pace, and he's just putting the players where they need to be for this to happen. Now, Jeremiah Nane is not playing, and that's Chad's only go-to weapon is to kick to him. Mm-hmm. Valentine Holmes is not playing, which Chad's other option is to go left and throw the ball to Holmes. Will Tom Dearden back up? It depends how he gets through 80 minutes of origin football, because I can guarantee you Brad Fittler's going to make Tom Dearden make anywhere between 30 and 40 tackles. Yeah, they'll be running out him all day. Tom Gilbert. He'll come off the bench for Queensland. We'll probably only play 15 minutes, so you can say that he's going to back up. Their bench is awful. Their bench has Jake Granville and Ben Hampton with Luciano Leilio and uh, Griffin Ning. That is a bench that we get over the top of. Yes. Their starting forward pack's not much better. No. They've got a fairly handy lock. They've got a fairly handy lock, and they've got a very informed number nine. Other than that, they've got Cohen Hess. Yep. They've got a second row whose name I can't pronounce. Smith. <laughs> Their back line's okay. It looks awful without Valentine Holmes play. Yeah, it does. Brandon Elliott's on the wing. Yeah, we. I was shocked to see that before. He will line up against Siona Katoa, so I'm putting that in the win column. Of course, the game's not played on paper, but yep. you know, I'm, I'm fairly confident we'll get over that. Look, as as I'm sure everyone's already heard, uh, Siv Talakai's been named in an extended squad. Look, I don't expect him to play huge minutes tomorrow night, being Wednesday, of course, in Origin. So I would be shocked if he doesn't fly up, unless it's already been prearranged that, hey, look, he's always halfway there. He's in Brisbane, so he's already halfway to Townsville. Yeah, Might as well chuck him up. And if he only plays 60 minutes, okay, maybe you can put Chad, I mean, um, Connor, who's the lesser ordinary player, on the bench to for that 20 minutes or whatever. Because I think Talakai bodies Peter Hiku. And I think we just go left all night, and you know that—that's the key to success. Well, I, I also think that we've got to go right a lot as well, because as you said, Katoa's up against um, Katoa's up against uh, Brandon Elliott, but Jesse Ramian's up against Hammer. Now Hammer's got pace, and Hammer's got footwork. Hammer's a dreadful defender and cannot tackle. We've that got to go at him well. as well. So bodes well um, for us. I think I think Nico Hines is the big important one for us. Those third tackle kicks where he turns that big Cowboys pack around. Like if you've got to consistently turn Jason Tormall all around, 
who turns slower than milk these days. If you've got to keep turning him around, then their, their forwards still aren't onside for the third tackle. You pin them down there. Their back line isn't going to make the metres our back line makes. No way. Um, I'm pretty confident that we come away with this game. Now, on the, on the show that we were just on, I said that we'd win the game by about eight points. It wouldn't surprise me looking at their bench if we get up on this game 13-plus. Now, I know they're missing players. Tualangi's out. Um, Jordan McLean's out. Nanai's not named. Holmes isn't named. I don't care. You've only got to beat what's in front of you. Yes, okay. do, you do you think Penrith cared when they played Melbourne without half of their spine? Absolutely no. not. No. They didn't care. They turned around and said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to show you how much better than you we are, and we're going to win this game by 30 points. We're probably not going to win this game by 30 points. But we can win this game comfortably. Yeah, we definitely can. Even at full strength, we're on par, at least, with the Cowboys. I go back, like, you and I have made a bit of a name bagging Chad Townsend. And, you know, it's a lot of tongue-in-cheek, but it's also based in reality. Nico Hines is a better player than Chad Townsend. I don't think you're going to get any arguments. It's not even close. You know, Chad's got a little bit, well, a lot more experience in those, those big sort of games. But if it comes down to who's the better halfback on the night... I'm very, very confident it'll be Nico. If it comes down to who's the best 5-8, Moylan is far better, even if Dearden plays. Now, the one potential issue I see is Scott Drinkwater. That bloke is in tremendous form. Fantastic form. Like, he could honestly, if he's a Queenslander, he probably plays in that, that squad, you know, whether it be on the wing or, or whatever. Even a fullback, he, at his best, he's, he's better than what Pong has been lately. So he worries me. I'm very worried about Robson too because that bloke, again, is in tremendous form and our our Achilles heel is our middle defence. You know, it's much, much, much better this year. But, you know, if a forward falls off, Robson's gone. That's a worry to me. And, of course, Tamalolo. So, you know, I mate, if you said to me right now, hand on heart, who wins? Cronulla. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Cronulla to win this. I think Matt Moylan's going to keep his rich vein of form I think Nico Hines is going to absolutely be right back in the, the thick of things. You know, he's up there for a Dahlia medal. I think Toby Rudolph's going to score his first try of the season. But I think our wingers are going to extend as well. Um, and Jesse Ramian's got to keep this performance level up. Um, I, I think we win this game and we win it comfortably, Dan. Uh, my laptop's about to die, so... How about Moylan? How about Moylan?